Mike Jett, what's going on, dude? Nothing, man. We got lots to talk about today. <laughs> Is this like the special Mike Jett's really amped episode? Yeah, dude. I'm so loss was so good, and so many trades happened in the deadline. Or at least not so many, but there were a lot of big things occurred. Yeah, that not only affect now, but affect later on. So yeah, I'm we pumped. Good. About time you get a little excited on all these things. All right, what? let's start. Let's start off with lost. What do you think? Um, but best episode so far, I think definitely. Well, I mean, there's only been uh, five or four, so I guess it's not saying a lot. But it was definitely better than last the last one for sure. Oh, oh yeah, like easily. So, I mean, well, yeah. What was your what was your overall what was your overall thought about it? Um. Well, first of all, it's lock centric, so that makes it. That's probably most of the reason why it was so good. Yeah, I knew, but, I knew um, you were gonna be excited for that one. But yeah, let's talk about the fl- the flashing of sideways first. Okay. Let's talk about what we thought of lock off the island. Um, so we get we get cripple lock on the flash sideways. The what? We get cripple lock, who's uh you know messing around with his little weird wheelchair lift in his van, and we just see him like struggling with his uh with his injury a lot. Yeah, well, yeah. The first scene that we, I think, we definitely figure out this is a different John Locke because his his uh, mechanic thing that gets him out of his van falters and he tries to like jump out himself, like almost do like some type of trick, and it falls out. And then he tries to get up, and the sprinklers come on, and he starts laughing. And I think if this was the old John Locke, he would have started swearing and cussing at everybody, like the mailman walking by. He would start swearing at everyone. Well, it's because he's getting but, laid now. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, he's definitely different. And then all of a sudden, Helen comes out, so that's probably it. part of the reason why he has a different lookout because he's he's uh, engaged, which we also learned very soon after that scene. Um, but the other thing, because then Helen talks about multiple times in the episode, um, like when Locke brings up that he met a, a spinal specialist, and she's like, maybe it's destiny, and Locke's almost like smirking at her, and then at the like she seems she's more of the like destiny fate type person that Locke is anymore. And Locke is doesn't necessarily believe in any of that. That's why he um maybe that's part of the reason why he accepts that he's not gonna get out of the wheelchair anymore because he doesn't believe in miracles, but um he's more of a man of science than he is a man of faith. Like he is on lucky the the Locke we're used to is and plus he also taught biology so he's a he is actually a literal man of science. Wait he what? He was a substitute for a biology class, so he's a literal man of science now. Oh yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. But uh, what else do you think about which? What else do you think about him off the island? Um, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to say what I think about him because it was like a, it was a whole different side of lock that we haven't seen in a long time since we get since we used to have the, like, the original flashbacks. But I mean, I don't know. I it was interesting the way that Helen kind of like was his like his opposite in this episode, you know, with being like the whole one who's all about destiny and everything like that. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really know how I felt about him. It was, it was interesting to see, I mean, to see him. So I, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know how to talk about him right now. Yeah. Well, I just think it's t- like I said, how he's, I think he's totally different than his usual, than the other walk is like this walk in the sideways world 
or Cyborg's timeline is totally different. Like I said, with him being a man of size now. Also, what he talked about was walk. Like we talked about his walkabout at the end of the episode. Yeah. He described it as a as an adventure in something like man versus nature. And the other walk, the one we've seen for five seasons, said it was a spiritual renewal. And so I think so. I think the walk we saw last episode in the flash sideways is totally not only is he man of science, but he he's um. He feels differently about his injury because I think he's, he wants to feel like a man because he also wants to take that kind of a construction job when he went to the rec- recruiter. Right. He wants to take a construction job and he wants to go on an adventure, man versus nature, and he park. He doesn't park in handicapped spots, but he wants to feel like a man instead of like totally different when he's all like moping around. And he wants to have like a spirit, like whatever, with the old block. So I think he's just this flash hours is just showing how different of a man he is on this timeline. Right. It's it's weird though. Like, why was he so anti anti going to see Jack to to possibly getting fixed? And like, he kind of like really given up all hope on getting getting fixed. Well, because I don't think because he doesn't think it's gonna work. Because like he was saying, it, unless he believed miracles or whatever. And then so I think he's I, I think he's doing things that work, but also he's accepting the fact that he's gonna be in the wheelchair the rest of his life. Right. And like he's, he's gonna be. So right. that's almost like a good thing, bad whatever. But so kind of like accepting um, his destiny type thing. Yeah. Um, but let's get to the the most intriguing parts of the episode that's happening on the island. Okay. Even though I thought the flash sideways was good, but I still, I, so I guess the point for the flash sideways, I'll just talk real quick, is I think just to show how different I guess the characters are going to be, and they're still going to interact with the characters we've seen. Hey, Jet, 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 real season. fast. Remember, remember um, we talked earlier about how I mentioned that Helen was wearing like, like a weird shirt, and like I was getting yeah. kind of pissed off that I feel like that really meant something. Well, I was reading today, and apparently her shirt had like Chinese text on it. Did you, did you read about this? I knew there were Chinese text, but I can't remember what they meant. Yeah, well, I, I looked online. It says on the left, it says Revelation two or for the spirit, and then the Chinese text on the right says Awakening Soul. Nice. So, yet another clue that we get to decipher. Maybe a clue, or just you know them doing the thing. Right. Um, but, so you want to move to on, on the island? Yeah, yeah, let's go to on the island. So the first thing, I'm pretty sure this was the first thing on the island. We got, we basically got a smoky cam. Right, we're, right? where we're following the smoke monsters, like, path. Yeah, wasn't that, wasn't that pretty cool, though? Yeah, that was, that was interesting. I mean, I mean, we got that, that we got the, the noise, whatever the noise is, like, the machinery-type noise that it emits, whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was interesting, and then it peers into uh, it peers into Sawyer's like house or whatever too. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, there's so much to talk about that I've been on the island. Um, for, so when he talk when he's talking to Richard when he left him out of the trap or whatever, he sees he sees that. Let's talk about the white the blonde boy. He so the blonde boy that made him black is seen. Right, and we were talking about we first. thought that we thought that maybe it might be a young Jacob, possibly. Maybe because yeah, well first the first time we see him, he has blood on his hands. Which obviously was pretty weird, kind of creepy. But yeah. uh, and then the next time we see him, he's with Sawyer, and Sawyer sees him too. Richard didn't see him, but Sawyer could. What do you What do you think that's all about? Like, I have no idea what that's about. Yeah, I have I have no idea because it, it looked like um, the, it looked like new fake Locke was genuinely surprised that Sawyer could see him too. Yeah, like he yeah. didn't expect it. Yeah, and then but the funny thing is he chases him, and. Uh, he falls, and the boy comes up to him, and he says, um, you know the roles, you can't kill him. 
And we so, think he's referring to Sawyer, obviously. That's yeah. That's what was my initial reaction. I'm wondering. Some people think he was he's referring to Jacob, even though he did it like differently. Like he went through the loophole to kill him, but in a sense, he did kill Jacob. In a sense, so right. I, 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 I believe that I, my perception was that he was talking about Sawyer too. Same here. But so we'll see what that means or whatnot. But um, but then when he's walking away, fake walk and man in black yells. Don't tell me what I can't do, which is exactly the type of thing the the lock we're used to usually says all the time. Which is kind of funny. Right. That's interesting. Not funny, but interesting. Yeah. Cause, um, and then, uh, so the, but then, so the man in black goes to sword and then he convinces him to follow him to, to, to uh, tell him everything he needs to know, basically. And so he takes him down a ladder, put, Jacob's ladder, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go look up what that means, but um, so he takes him into the cave then, and he shows him all the names on the cave. He what? And yeah, so he takes him into the cave and right. shows him all the names on the cave and with everything, and he says, "This is why you're here." Right, and well, don't forget the the black and the white stones on the scale too. Yeah, and he picks up the whetstone and throws it out of the ocean and says, inside joke. Um, so it's kind of like, that's interesting. Like, he didn't really say what that means. Like, is that, did he did that because he killed Jacob or? I'm, I'm going to guess that's what he was referring to. Maybe because since they had like that long-standing feud, I'm guessing that's what he probably was referring Maybe there's like, they probably said something about like, I mean, because they probably were always like arguing about like, um, if, you, if Men in Black was going to kill Jacob, and I don't know, the, maybe the stones represented the two, since the black one could have been the Man in Black, and the white one could have been Jacob, so maybe that's like his symbolism of killing him or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, the Man in Black shows him all this and says, like, go through all the names, same, and then he shows him Thor's name, and he tells him, he probably, like, you, you met Jacob at some point in your life. And he says, he basically, like, that. He uh, he pulled your strings like you were a puppet because he came and saw you when you were like vulnerable and the choices you thought were making were never really choices and he was basically pushing all these people to the island. Yeah, and with Sawyer him. and with Sawyer, Jacob came like right after. Was it Sawyer's dad that died? Well, both of them. It's when Sawyer's dad went nuts because somebody conned him. Cause, oh, that's right, and killed his mom. And then he killed his mom. Well, yeah. Well, quick about because that was Locke's dad who did that. Also, in the sideways world, Locke and his dad have a good relationship. Which will be interesting to find out too. To go off track for a second, right? Because we saw, because he talked to, we saw him. He had, a, he had, a, he was, he had a picture on his desk with him and his dad. And then when Helen said, "Let's just go to like Vegas and have a quick wedding with like my my mom and dad and your oh, dad," he mentioned his so, dad. Yeah, okay. So, so that yeah, just makes us so, assume that they actually have a good relationship in this world. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to see how that goes and yeah, why. But um, um, you gotta get back to the names and stuff. So he's. He's telling Sawyer that Jacob actually Jacob brought you here and he's he's screwed with your destiny and, and pulled you to Zion because this is not your destiny was not this. So like maybe so maybe all these people's destinies is what they're showing us in the flash side was maybe this is what the lives they were supposed to live. And the, the, what we're seeing on a flash sideways. Okay. Um so so and then he tells Sawyer like you have three options, whatever, and Sawyer seems like he's all he's like all in, like, yeah, let's get let's get on Zion. So first, let's first say, do you think Man in Black is, is telling the truth? Is telling the truth as Sawyer, or do you think he's 
he's possibly conning Sawyer. I mean, I think he's probably. I mean, it comes down to if you believe Albert or 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 the Man in Black, and I, I think I think he's. I mean, he's got to be conning. There's no way that he's not. Just from the way that mm-hmm. he the, the way that he conned um, the conned. Um, why am I blanking out right now? Con Ben into uh, yeah, Con uh, Ben yeah. into killing, killing Jacob. So I mean, I think we're we just seen a pattern of him of him conning people. So I think this is just gonna be another one. Yeah, and then we also uh, at the beginning of episode one, I told Ben that uh, this that the man in black is recruiting. So he probably is just rec- like trying to get Sawyer to get on his side. And do you think do you think he wants Sawyer to take over as Jacob, or do you think he wants to take over as Jacob himself? Or neither. Well, maybe he's he's telling Sawyer all this stuff because he wants he ends up he wants he needs Sawyer to take his place on the island so he can leave himself. Oh, okay. He says because he told Sawyer he he was he, like he was trapped and he used to be a man. Right. And all this stuff that he's trapped on the island. He's been there forever. So if he leaves the um, island, do you think he'd go off the island as as Locke? No idea. Or or he would go into his. Whatever, whatever he looked like when he was a human, supposedly. I have no idea. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, yeah, but speaking of him looking like Locke, too, the other thing a lot of said was that he can't, he can't change who he looks like anymore. That he's stuck. As John Locke. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, stuck well, as John Locke. And we, and we wonder if that means if he's just stuck as John Locke on the island or what, once he leaves the island, if he's able to. Yeah, so we'll, yeah, we got lots, lots of episodes to go to figure out what, Exactly. That means that he's stuck he's, as John he's Locke. Gonna be, so. he's, gonna be, he's gonna be pissed if he's stuck as John Locke once he gets off the island. He figures out he's a cripple. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. If that just means he's stuck as him on the island, or maybe if he does this little switcheroo with Sawyer, that he can he can go back to his how we saw him in the season five finale. Yeah. But I mean, but, I know, he'd be, um, he's gonna be so pissed when he finds out he's gonna be you know Christopher Reeve off the island. He probably want to <laughs> go back. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, do you think, because at the end, Sawyer said, he's like, hell yeah, let's get off this island together. Do you think, uh, Sawyer is actually all in, like, I'm going to follow the, this guy, or do you think he's, maybe he, yeah, he's, he's, he's saying he's also, like, going to maybe set up the man black for a long con and just wants to, like, figure out what he's all about. Too. Right, right, I mean, because he's the ultimate con, so maybe, he, maybe they're both conning each other at the same time. Yeah, so, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. Well, yet again, more more questions. So, uh, well, yeah, that's what they get. They give us, they get a set of the storyline, and they give us uh, more 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 questions, like you said. But that's part of it. So, I'm in, I'm intrigued. I love the episode. So, yeah, I did too. I mean, we were we were waiting for like a uh, a lock centric episode because we they introduced to us fake lock pretty early on. So we've been waiting for an episode or two to get you know more information about him. Yeah, one one of the things that the man like did say at the end that I totally disagree like said he's lying about that was when he said the island is just an island and it's it's like meaningless yeah but as, i mean like these like there's we've seen the little donkey wheel thing you can move the island with there's there's a we, we've seen ghosts like the little blonde boy walk when he left the island we people would see him like the the temple spring that heals people like this island is not just a regular island obviously so that was i think an obvious lie he was telling Sawyer. right um, so I think that's one proof that maybe he is calling Sawyer. Here's all right. I was reading some stuff, and there's some interesting things that they picked up from the episode. I just want to get your reaction on some of these. Um, okay. You know how when when Locke is in the in the sideways the sideways world, and he becomes like a substitute teacher, 
uh, when yeah. he goes in the teacher's lounge and uh, he sees Ben Linus when he's making coffee, there's apparently a banner. I didn't I didn't notice this, but apparently there's a banner in the background on the teacher's lounge that says, uh, in quote, live in the present, plan for the future. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just a little stuff they like to implant to uh, make make all their fans think. So, because then even this is this isn't even something to really think about. But when when Locke was was leaving after he got fired into the parking lot, and that's when he saw Hurley, and Hurley told him to go see the recruiter because he owns like every business apparently. Yeah. Um, uh, there was a polar bear figurine in his box. In, in, in John Locke's box, there's a polar bear figurine. Really? Yeah, so, I mean, they're just, like, they just, like, doing all these little things. That's why the stuff they love doing the most, putting these little things in, like, in, in certain scenes that may not mean anything at all, but just, like, show stuff from the past or any stuff like that. Right. And and just, the, I mean, the title of the episode itself, The Substitute, I mean, I mean, it could, it could mean anything from, you know, Locke being a substitute I mean, teacher um, to someone trying to find a... Uh, substitute for Jacob on the island. Just, I mean, it could mean anything. Yep. Um, one other thing I wanted to talk about real fast. Since Locke's getting married, he thinks we're going to see Boone again and his family because his mom had had a big like wed, like wedding uh, business and wedding company, and he was Boone was like the like the co the co president or something. So you think they're going to end up because Helen was on the phone was complaining about how. She's sick of probably only people. You think they're gonna end up like using Boone and his family business to do I, their wedding? I have no idea. I have no yeah, idea. I bet, I bet they do. I bet they do. They're gonna be because there's been another thing I read that Shannon is gonna be on, in the season some, at some point that she's just signed on. Okay. And then I guess in the same article it said that Michael Walt's dad is gonna be on too. So is so is Lid the girl the actor who played Libby and the actor who played. Uh, Catherine, I think her name was the one who died and was like Faraday's love. Okay. Apparently, all of them are going to be in the season at some point. So wait, they just signed on? Well, it says that Shannon did. Um, that's that was the one that just came out. The other three have already been on, so I don't know if like Shannon's going to be like at the very end of the season since he just apparently signed on. I thought they already. So, also, we'll I thought they. I thought they already filmed the whole season though. No, I think they still have a couple. I think because I, I think they still have a couple episodes left that they haven't filmed yet, like the the last few. Okay. I think they have them written, like they know what they're gonna do. I don't think they they might not have filmed them yet. Okay. Because like I said, I just saw like that was just that just came out like this week that Shane is gonna be in, unless like they just found out that she's in the series, the season. I don't know. Okay. We'll, we'll have to look but, out for that. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. I just, I love this episode, so I'm pumped. Anything else you want to talk about for Lost? Um, I'm trying, I mean, there's just like, a, I've just been reading a bunch of like random stuff, but I mean, a lot of it's just, just dumb, so I'm not even going to mention it. Just like people just digging way too, way too deep into the show for meaning. Well, there's, yeah, there's a lot happening in this episode, though. Yeah. But, uh, no, let's, let's, let's do, uh, let's do NBA. All right. Um, yeah, lots of, lots of, uh, Lots of cherries happened over the week since we were on. Yeah, let's um, let's, let's go because uh, we went trade by trade in the uh, in the in the last one. So let's go let's go trade by trade. All right. Well, just mentioned some of the, the so the two quick ones that happened. I think before or the one at least the one quick one that did happen before Wednesday or Thursday. Um, Canby did get traded to Portland. Yeah. 
for uh, Outlaw and Steve Blake. Yeah. Um, so that, that was, a, I think, a huge trade for Portland. I think that makes them better, definitely. I agree, especially when Brandon Moore gets back. Yeah, because, I mean, they didn't really need Blake. He was just backing up under Miller. And then, so just like Fernandez, Rui Fernandez would play more. Um, and Jared Bayless. I think they mainly did that because they want to play Jared Bayless a lot more. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then they get Cammy, who I mean, they were starting to want Howard center because of all their injuries at the big man position. So, Cammy right, I mean, an obvious upgrade over Juwan Howard. Right, now they get the second leading rebounder in the, in the league. Yep, so that was, and they didn't really give up that much. So, and, and obviously, I, the Clippers are just trying to get some more cash around. But. Yeah, I, I read today actually that Camby was apparently really pissed off about getting traded. Well, that's what they said, and then they they said they saw him uh, on the Portland bench like that same night. He was like fine, he's happy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I think Portland has good. Portland has some of the best fans in the NBA, so I think I don't think it'll be a big problem for him to adjust. Well, yeah, and he's going to be on the playoff team, so I yeah. think it'll be okay. Yeah, I mean, winning winning normally helps those things out a little bit. Yeah, um, and then the other one that happened on Wednesday, Cavs. Cavs traded for Jameson, so immediately at that point, everyone's like, whoa, who's Amari? Is Amari starting to trade? Is he going to go? But we'll get, we'll get to that later. But the Cavs get Antoine Jameson and Sebastian Telfair. Um, the Wizards, they give away Z to the Wizards and a uh, draft pick, I think, and then the Wizards get Al Thorne from the Clippers, and the Clippers get Drew Gooden. Yeah, who they're going to buy out. So, wait, what What'd you say? I think well, and the, Drew Gooden's get, get, getting to get bought out, right? No, that's what they said initially, but I guess he's going to stay now. He wants to stay there. He just wants to play in L.A. Okay. I don't know why. But... I think, well, I think he just – I don't know. I don't know. If, maybe he just likes being like, I'm in nice weather. I'll just stay here and hang out and play basketball. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but what do you what do you think about the Cavs getting Jameson and Amari? What are your thoughts? I mean, it's, it's going to all depend on if LeBron stays because – what I what I don't like about it is that he's he's a lot older. He's what like thirty three, I think. Yeah. So he's about six years older. So, I mean, is this a, is this a team that LeBron can like can be long term with? Because I mean, a lot of these guys are kind of old. I mean, they're two big men, Shaq and Jamison, who are making a lot of money, are both old, both in their mid upper thirties. So, I mean, I think I think Amari would have been a better fit just because he could have he would have stayed longer, and they him and LeBron could have progressed in their careers together. Whereas Jameson's... So you, assume, so, wait, so you assume the Cavs are going to give Amari an extension? Give give Amari an extension if they had gotten him? Yeah, he only had, like, well, I think he had an option left, team option left, that's it. Like, they would have had to give him an extension for him to stay with the Cavs. Yeah, they, I, I guarantee they would have given him an extension. Otherwise, there'd be no reason to trade for him. All right, but I think I think why they... Their other, I mean, Phoenix did pull the trigger, I think, is the one for, is the main reason why, because Amari was their first choice, in my, I think. So I think it was just because Phoenix I think, didn't pull the trigger on the trade. They, they wanted to get good. They just like screw over. Just going to get Jameson. I agree. No, I think I think they're just kind of hedging their bets a little bit, making sure they got somebody. Yeah, and then but the other thing I think why I like it is because Jameson over Mari makes their team better now, and they probably themselves don't know what LeBron's going to do. So they're like, whatever, let's make our team better for the now. Because I think Jameson is better than, for, than Amari for their team now. And that's and that's one of the main reasons they did like the win thing right now. And whatever LeBron does, he does. But let's get our team better right now. Right. I mean, so I, will, I don't think anybody knows what he, LeBron's going to do. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, he. I don't even think he knows. But it's all going to depend on uh, 
I mean, it's all going to depend on if you... I mean, it wouldn't matter. if I mean, if Amari signed and LeBron left, it wouldn't really matter either way. I mean, if he leaves, it's it's over. But I don't know. I think I think it would have been a team better built for the future. That would have been more more like enticing for LeBron to stay if they had gotten Amari because he could be there for longer. Yeah, but I still... Yeah, it might have been. But I, I, like we said, nobody really knows what his motivations are for going or staying. So I think they're just like, let's, try, let's win the championship this year. And if we do that, then this trade is an obvious success. Yeah. And we'll just go on from there. Right. But, so, yeah. And so, let's get them. Well, since we're talking about Amari. And we'll, can, well, what, you want to say something else? Yeah, well, one more thing on, like, it's really hard to find a flaw in this trade because for the Cavs, it's it's obviously a good trade. You give up a first-round pick for for Antoine Jameson, who's, I mean, a 20-10 and 10 guy. So, it's, like, impossible not to like the trade, but it just it's just – it's kind of just sad because baseball is becoming or basketball is becoming so much like baseball, but it's almost even worse now that like these the teams who are poor and can't afford their players are just giving away star franchise players because they can't afford them anymore to teams who are making money just so they can save a you know save money and not go into bankruptcy. Yeah, in a sense, it's it's similar to baseball, it's, um, but it's worse than baseball because at least in baseball, if if you if you draft well. Like the like the Phillies have, you can at least keep your good players through arbitration. So. Well, yeah, another thing in baseball too is they when they trade, like they're still getting prospects who have a decent probability of becoming good, at least, or at least becoming an important player in your team at some point. It's not like they're in the NBA like trading away just for players' contracts that end the same season, and just they're basically trading for cap room for next season. That's basically what all these teams are doing. They're just giving away their star players. Like in baseball, at least they're getting. Young prospects that exactly. have a chance of becoming good. Yeah, exactly. Like so, it's, it's really sad yeah. when like one of the most valuable like players in the NBA right now is Wally Zerbiak. Like that's he's probably one of the most valuable trade assets right now. Because well, I mean, he, he was, but they didn't trade him, obviously. But you know, guys like Z and all these guys with huge experience, yeah, like Trace McGrady, didn't even play all year. Was the biggest trading chip of this trade deadline? Yeah, it got them. It got it got the Rockets two first round picks and a guy who's even better than Trace yeah, McGrady. Yeah, we're talking about that, but um, what else was I going to say? I was going to say something else about what we were talking about. about I can't uh, remember. Uh, you were talking about Amari. Oh yeah, well yeah, well, I almost that's why I'm almost happy Phoenix ended up keeping Amari. Even so, at least like they'll be competitive now this year. Even and then I know there's a good chance that he's going to leave in off season, but because if they trade him, they wouldn't have gotten as much as as like equal value. So. In a sense, at least we'll still be pretty competitive for this season. But after this season, then it's a toss-up. But well, it depends how you look. Probably trade it depends how you look at because you're not going to get equal value for him either. I mean, if you trade him, you're not even going to get remotely close to equal value for him. But I mean, I, he's probably going to leave this off season, and you're not going to get any value for him. And they're not going to. I mean, it's not like the Suns are going to be in competition for the finals this year either. Yeah, but then so then you're you're saying whatever they did was a bad decision because they're trading their play away for not a lot. They we're going to get that much for him, or they're going to keep him and lose him next season. So either way, it's basically a loop, lose, lose is what you're telling me. Right. So I think, in a sense, they might. I mean, it, whatever. So it's hard to call it whether they, what they did was good or bad. But yeah, you won't be able to judge it until you see what happens this this summer if he if he picks up his option or if he goes to Miami. I think he's going to go to Miami, but well, there's going to be lots. There's so many teams with cap room. He might I mean, be he, going it all over. Dude, he trust me. He'd rather. For a hundred different reasons, he'd rather go to Miami. Yeah, what if D Wade leaves though? Would you see still want to go to Miami? If no, but, there? but D Wade's not going to leave. How do you know that? I, I don't. Why I, of would course, he want to stay after what? Who is? Now you do anything at the deadline. So why is he going to want to stay there unless unless they can 
depending on how we get somebody else there, like, what if they're like, we're just going to sign you and then some other guys, but we're not going to sign you and somebody huge. I mean, I think a core of Amari, Wade, and Beasley is pretty solid. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Though. What if Miami doesn't sign another guy? They just sign D-Wade, but they don't sign somebody else. No, but he's he's not going to – I don't think he's going to sign until – until they they sign somebody else first, or they or he signs at the same time as like like if him and Amari are like okay let's play together they'll sign at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think I don't think I don't think he's gonna sign back with Miami until somebody either signs first or somebody agrees to sign with him like at the same time. Gonna be interesting. So I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be a weird weird summer. Yep. Um. So let's go to the the big one on Thursday the three way trade. Okay. Um. Houston got Kevin Martin, Hilton Armstrong, Jordan L. Jared Jeffries, and very and more than likely two first round. Or the, the 2011 picks that we swap with New York, they can't swap in New York. And then 2012, they get the first round. It was not top five. Right. Well, the, the Knicks get. You, you mentioned that the 2011 one's top one protected, right? Too. Well, yeah, but so whatever. But they can only swap <laughs> it if they, if they want to. Right. Right. Um, the Knicks get team expiring. And Sergio, Sergio Rodriguez is expiring. Sacramento gets Carl Landry. Larry Hughes' expiring contract and Joey Dorsey. So, just to make it, just to summarize, Houston basically gets those guys that I mentioned. Kevin Martin, a really good spot shooter. For, he was already signed to four years. They get Jordan Hill with a lottery pick. And they get Jared Jeffries, who's the defensive player. who's kind of like a Houston player. He can play defense and do the low things. They basically get those guys for Carl Landry, who's he's in the run for six man award. They get him for somebody else who wasn't even playing. Yeah. To see, he played two games, and then somebody who never like came up the bench to play three minutes. And like, that's, is, that, is that not ridiculous? And the right to two potential swapping of first round picks too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and you didn't even give enough credit to Kevin Martin because he's better than just like a spot shooter. He's, I mean, he's he can he can average twenty points a game. With the right team. Oh yeah, but I'm just, but that's basically going to be all jump shots. Like he's not going to. He's like a uh, he's like a Reggie Miller. Yeah, yeah, similar. Yeah, I'll give you that. So like uh, Daryl Morey, who is the Houston GM, is everyone should start learning his name. His name is Daryl Morey. Everybody, he's awesome, and he's he's arguably the best GM in basketball. Yeah, no, that, that's not that's almost not even a question anymore. Yeah, not even tonight because he's traded because all these people are like Houston's going to stink when you know, and T Mac aren't there anymore. They're going to suck. Like. They're, uh, they're in the playoff hunt, and they, yeah. nobody knows who's on their team. With like Luis Scola and, and Carl Landry and Aaron Brooks. Yeah, Trevor Reza, Gene Batty. Nobody, nobody needs the casual fans have no idea who's on the Rockets. Nobody yeah. knows. Yeah. And apparently, did you, did you read, I read some article today. I'm pretty sure this is still the right run, but apparently Maury is, is disliked among other NBA GMs because he's not like, like a basketball guy. Cause he didn't yeah, like, he's a... Uh, yeah, go ahead. He's... Yeah, he's. I think people are saying he's trying to bring like a sabermetric type field of basketball. Yeah. So I think he does things differently. Like, like a money ball type thing. Yeah, he does things differently. Yeah. Well, whatever he's sure. doing, everyone should copy him off him. So. Yeah, but so the Knicks, you got to give some credit to the Knicks though because they're going all in for LeBron James. Yeah. That's what they're doing, and they got it. They got the room now. They got the room for possibly two, two max free agents. This team is going to be like whoever gets if they somehow sign two max guys. Can you like? Do you know the roster that that those two max guys are going to play with? It's going to be Wilson Chandler, Danilo Gallinari, and a bunch bad. of and a bunch of scrubs. Yeah, well, Chandler and Gallinari aren't that bad, but yeah, right. they're other than that, it's 
It's I don't know, nobody. man. It's back. And then, you know, because Duan's in the serviceable point guard. Um, D'Antoni likes them. But Sergio Arias, I don't know if they resigned him this morning. Or maybe D'Antoni seems to like Sergio, too, so I don't know. But they'll be, those are going to be their two point guards. Now that they get rid of Nate Robinson, too. But, and that's so, not that, yeah, it's it'll be not that, This is not that attractive a situation if I'm like LeBron James. What? This is not that attractive a situation for me if I'm LeBron James, even if you sign with another yeah, match guy. Like, yeah, but like I've been telling, like I've been telling everybody, like my parents and everyone that's talking to me about this, nobody really knows what LeBron's motivations are for what he's going to do with this offseason. Like yeah. it might not be like I'm going to go here because they have a team. Like that might not be his motivation. I'm going to go here because they have a good team. That might not be his motivation. So no, I, I, that's why I think everyone's like, where, where do you think LeBron's going? Like they have so many desperate. Like you're not gonna know unless you you talk to him or you know him as a person. Like nobody knows what and, he's gonna do. And no even if you even if you're like his friend, you probably don't know. Yeah, so I, that's why I think there's still there's a, the, the, my in my opinion now the Knicks are definitely obviously in the discussion. So I think it's gonna be the Knicks, the Cavs, maybe Chicago and Miami, and then I think the sleeper now is the Clippers. Yeah, those I, are probably the only five teams. If I all right, if I'm LeBron James, I don't understand why he doesn't go to the Clippers because that's obviously like the the youngest and best team you can go to with. Baron Davis. Well, I mean, but look at the look at the starting five that you could have. You could have Baron Davis, Eric Gordon, LeBron, Blake Griffin, and Chris and Chris Kamen. Yeah, but the, the youngest guys like like Darren Davis is getting towards the end, so this the young guys are Griffin and Gordon. But if you have Bulls, you got Derek Rose, who arguably might be a top three point guard here in a couple years. Then you got Joaquin Noah, and who's who's already put on good stats because of Rose. Imagine him with Rose and LeBron. Yeah. And then you got Damn. you got um. Um, Luol Deng. Yeah, Luol Deng. So, like, so I, I think the Bulls might be a little bit more attractive, but I, the Clippers, but yes, the Clippers are still, would still be a good situation, I think, for somebody, some big free agent to, to go to. And it's going to, th- I think you got to factor in the city, too, because, I mean, you got to look at, I mean, Chicago is obviously a great city, but you got to factor in, like, the living living conditions of Chicago versus L.A., too. Yeah, but like I said, nobody knows if that's going to come into play for or who's that going to do, what, who, for what pe- people that will come and play for. Like, nobody knows. If, right. Especially if since he seems factor. like he's been so happy playing in one of the sh- shittiest cities in, yeah. the, in the country. <laughs> yeah. which, which, by the way, I, I sent this to somebody the other day, but apparently Forbes named uh, Cleveland the most miserable city in the country a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I saw it. Yep, saw it. That's unbelievable. <laughs> which I don't know if that's I, – I, I, I kind of disagree with that. Because anyone who's ever been to, to Buffalo will disagree, but. <laughs> well, I think Detroit was up there, too, or something. But, yeah, but <laughs> Buffalo, man, it's funny. Um, but since we're talking about the Knicks, they did. The other trade they did was they gave Nate Robinson and uh, Marcus Landry to the Boston for Eddie House, Bill Walker, and J.R. Giddens. Yeah. Um, so the Celtics, basically, it was basically Eddie House for Nate Robinson with a couple guys in to just make the salaries work. Yeah. Um, what do you so what do you what do you work like? What do you think Boston? Do you think Boston helped themselves at all? Yeah, I think they did a lot. I mean, Eddie House was a good a good guy off the bench, but I think Nate Robinson's just overall a better scorer. He just kind of I guess fell out of favor with D'Antoni this year, but I think he's a better scorer than Eddie House is. Well, okay, I agree that they helped themselves, but I don't think they helped themselves a lot at all. No, I, I don't. Th- I, was, I don't think it was enough to push him over the top even remotely, but I think they did upgrade. Uh, yeah, I feel, in my opinion, it was, it was very minor because Eddie House still, I know he's just a spot-up shooter, basically, but he still brought, like, offense off the bench, and that's basically the only thing Nate Robinson's going to bring. Granted, he could probably he can drive the basket, but I don't think he's a good outside shooter. So maybe it's just, 
I think it's a very minor upgrade. Very minor, yeah. in my opinion. Well, I don't think I don't think anything that small would have would is going to help them. They they needed to trade Ray Allen if they wanted to compete this yeah. year. Yeah, and yeah, they were looking at Kevin Martin possibly, so they obviously could get him. They should have done. I, I think that they, I don't know why they did. Uh, did the Kings not want Ray Allen? I don't, know, I don't know what the deal is. Maybe, maybe Boston decided they didn't want to trade Ray Allen. So, so I, don't know. I think I think they should have. They, it would made him younger, and Ray Allen's not shooting that well this year anyway. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe they still think they're, they're still focused on winning it right now. They don't want to necessarily. And I know that would still help them, but Ray Allen might be better help like right now than Kevin Martin is. Yeah, I guess. I mean, they're still they're at best the third best team in in the East, and that's that's like yeah, maybe, that's being, third, that's being pretty. Yeah, that's being pretty generous. I was gonna say. Yeah. Um, so, real quick, some other ones. And a minor, yet possibly more than my, uh, probably not major, but it's a very significant move. Charlotte gets Tyrus Thomas for AC Walls and Flip Murray in a first round. Yeah. Um, so, Charlotte's two, three, four spots in their starting lineup will now probably be Steven Jackson, Gerald Walls, and Tyrus Thomas. Um, okay. Athleticism or not athletic? Slightly. They're also, they also might like commit 18 felonies over the next three weeks. Well, that's another question mark. Some people think Tyrus Thomas and Larry Brown will get along, but um, dude, they could very well upset somebody in the playoff season. Yeah, I mean they're dangerous. I mean, I like I, I read a Simmons article the other day. Like, I, I wouldn't want to match up with that team at all, especially with Gerald Wallace and Stephen Jackson on the floor. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so, sorry. Um, yeah. Is that is that is that the last one we got, or are there more that we're missing? Well, I'll just I'll mention. I'm, I'm going to go through a couple quick ones. These two. Uh, Chicago, Tom Salmons is the contract, so that also gave him room. They got to get rid of him and got Hakeem Warwick and Joe Alexander, who both have expiring contracts. Yeah. Um, Utah also traded Ronnie Brewer to Memphis for a for a draft pick, um, first round pick. Yeah. And in my opinion, that even though Ronnie, Ronnie Brewer is a restricted free agent, so Memphis should be able to get him back. I think that signifies Rudy Gay's gone. Okay. In my opinion. Yeah. So I think he's going to, and then another thing about that trade, Darren Williams was really upset today, saying that trade made them worse and needed that the front office did nothing to make them better in this this deadline. He was pissed. Yeah. Do you see that? Do you see his quote too? It was unbelievable. Uh, there because apparently that was like his little brother on the team or something like that, and that's why he was so pissed off. And uh, they, then they they were asking about like they were asking Darren Williams about like his contract situation, and he's like. Uh, yeah, this team just didn't improve this year. Like we just got worse, and uh, that's why I only signed for three years. Yep, he's not happy. So, so he is he unless unless he cools down over the next couple of weeks, he might be out of here once his contract's up. Yeah, so we'll see how that situation goes. Keep an eye on that one. Yeah, I just um, don't, I don't understand that. I mean, I know that it got it got below the luxury tax line, <laughs> but he was averaging ten points a game. Yeah, but he's a good. He's a really good defender. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. So I don't know if I mean because the the Jazz are still kind of in it. I mean they were. Well, they probably, yeah, there's a good chance. I know the Jazz were. I don't know if they're still over the luxury tax, but I know they were a team that was going to have to do stuff to get under it. So I don't know if this helped them get under it or even get more under it. So yeah, they probably no, did this for money reasons. Yeah, no, it, it got it got them under the. Uh, it, it ended up saving them like four million dollars because it got them under the luxury tax line. Yep, that's why they did it. Yeah. So. Uh, the Knicks traded Darko to Minnesota. I so know. I did something that was funny because Darko does not want to be in the NBA anymore. He wants to. He wants to. He want, he got, I think he wants to go play overseas. But David, I think his first name is David Kahn. That's Minnesota's GM, right? 
Yeah, Colin. I think his first name is Damon. Yeah. He, he said Douglas on play, and that he's 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 uh gonna be like a like a improving player. And I'm like, David Kahn is the dumbest. It might be the dumbest GM right now in basketball. Yeah, I was just gonna ask you, worst worst GM, him or Chris Wallace. Yeah, well, wait a minute. yeah, because Chris Wallace looks smart right now for signing Zach Raymoff in the offseason, or trading for Zach Raymoff in the offseason. So yeah. he's definitely worse right now, David Kahn, because what he did in the draft was ridiculous. We'll be, we won't even get into that. But so, so he's he's basically gonna gonna take flyers on on two foreign players who are never gonna see the floor for the Timberwolves. Well, Darko's not even he doesn't even deserve to be on the NBA court anymore. So yeah. But, but I mean, it's, that's two straight four musts that he's going to have on his on his record. Yep. Um, Why trade when San Antonio got rid of Fiorello's contract? And apparently, our friend Andy told me that we knew it's for a draft pick, but apparently it's for a 2016 draft pick. What? Yep. <laughs> Wait, first or second? I think it's sitting around. How can you trade for? Because there's there might not be an NBA in 2016. I don't know, but they deal it, man. That is unbelievable. Talk about building for the future. Yep, yep. and uh, yeah, and then Philly and Milwaukee made an absolutely minor trade that doesn't even something worth mentioning. Yeah, so Philly yeah. did nothing, and they are dumb. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. That's not even a trade. Yeah. Um. So I think that's it. The other big news thing is they're appearing in Dallas might be out a month, so they're in. They're very thin at the. Big man position. So they're going to offer Z $20 million to come play for them this year? Yeah, they're going to go hard after Z, I think, if he gets a buyout, which they might not even work because Washington so far into the luxury tax. They have all the leverage. I really, so, really hope that Washington holds on to him. You really hope Washington holds on to him? Not, not for Z because he deserves a ring, but just because, like, Cleveland deserves to get their ass bit a little bit for just ripping off the NBA. Well, a lot of teams ripped off the NBA this no, I know. I, Houston ripped them off too. I know, so, I know, but but yeah. Um, well, I was gonna say one other thing. I can't remember now. Damn, I'm, my train of thought has been lost multiple times <laughs> this just, podcast. You're just too excited, dude. I know I'm too amped. Um, so anything else you want to talk about NBA, or do you want to just finish off here? Uh, yeah, we'll finish off by. Uh, apparently, Tiger Woods was deeply sorry today. Did that happen? Well, yeah, I mentioned we were gonna talk about Tiger Woods a little bit, but first, it not it was it's been hammered into our heads so hard today. It's like um, it's ridiculous. Like worse than like Brett Favre in the summer. It's like it's all it's all Tiger Woods today, all day. That's it. Yeah, it was like four hours straight yeah. on on SportsCenter this morning of just Tiger Woods. Yeah, stuff. and yeah, and we already argued about it off the air, so let's not even discuss it anymore. Yeah. Um. And anything else you want to just mention? Uh, I think uh, I was going to mention something else, but I can't remember either now. I was going to say something that I think the Jaguars gave uh, Troy Williamson a one-year extension, even though he never even sees the field or receive. Troy Williamson? Yeah. 40 star? Yeah. God. Well, well it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter because they'll, they'll be in L.A. in two years anyway, so. Yeah, but – um. The other thing, Shutter Island comes out tonight. Yeah, dude, I was, I was going to go see it before this, but I'm going to have to end up – I'm going to see it tomorrow night, I think. Yeah, I'm going to – well, we see it before me. You can't give anything away, but I'm pumped to see that. I know. It's, it's, it's one of those, six, like, movie, like, most exciting I've ever been for a movie. I think Inception is going to be even more. 
Uh, yeah, well, don't I always when I really in for a movie, I always tell myself to calm down a little before I see it because I don't want to end up being disappointed because I brought so much hype. Yeah, that that always ends up happening so, too. Yeah, so I just, if I'm before I go in and be like, let's just go in, let's see, it might not be that good. So you just need to calm down, just walk in, just go watch it. All right, we'll do that. So, so um, but so what? Any, do we know what we're gonna be talking about on Monday, or are we? Is anything worth talking about? The combine starts next week, but that's, so that's a big thing. But anything, it's maybe we can both see each other island and talk about it on Monday. Yeah, we can do that. We can just do like a little brief Shutter, <laughs> Shutter Island thing. But we we won't yeah, like talk about it if nobody's seen it yet, though. Oh well, yeah, if we don't, I don't know. Maybe we can just we'll figure out something. Hopefully, if not, then we'll just go with a whole week without it. But I don't know. We'll see. Okay, so why don't we'll, we'll we'll just keep people updated on it. We'll let them know. Yeah. All right. And yeah, keep watching. We're going to be updating our Facebook page more often with stuff we might be talking about in the upcoming podcast. So watch for it. Yeah, we'll just we can drop like random thoughts on there too if you want to. Yeah. So just keep an eye. Keep so we don't hear from us before Tuesday. Enjoy Lost. I'm pretty sure it's a, a Jack centric episode. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, should be good. All right, man. All right, is that it? Sound, that sounds about it to me. All right, dude. I'll talk to you later. I'm about to go get drunk. All right, please. All right.